Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. All right. On the next podcast, just to start this podcast out, on the next podcast, Rob Sanders will be completely bald. Can't wait for that. I forgot about that. He was selling raffle tickets on another podcast that he does. And and gathering money for uh, pediatric NICU, and and he said and he said if I if I get this many raffle tickets sold, I'm going to shave my head completely. And now we find his daughter is going to shave his head tonight on his podcast. Give your podcast a shout out. Yeah, the uh, the Robin Kale show tonight, nine thirty, streaming all over the world at uh, at Carolina Jackpot, and of course on Facebook Live. We sold tickets for the pediatric NICU. Uh, If you won. You get seats to the South Carolina Clemson baseball game right behind home plate. Uh, shout out to Big Barney Ross in Kentucky, who text messaged me yesterday. How close are we to selling those hundred tickets? <laughs> and I was like, Well, we need about thirty more. And he says, Check your PayPal. And he sent me three hundred dollars. Nice, very. So nice. apparently, like he wants to help the kids, and he wants to see me walking around looking like a giant thumb. That's Rob's. Well, podcast. you look like a giant thumb. So with the little hair on the top, <laughs> so I look like a giant thumb. But we're helping out the kids. Right. So there you go. And now this podcast, What's Good Under the Hood, Rob Sanders of Fox Sports Radio 1400 and the owner of Mazda of Columbia, which will soon be moving into a brand new building in Columbia, South Carolina. Greg Hood, what's good under the hood? Man, the glass went up today. We're good. We're looking good. Now I went through it. It's amazing, though. I, I don't read plans. And when I I found some things that I certainly would have done different in the building, now that the inside is all in, I'm like, well, that's a waste of space. And that should have been done different. You could but put a hot tub in there for I'm, your customers. Like a hot or tub for myself. Yeah. If if I had actually looked at the plans, I would have the space <laughs> next to my office. But anyway, it don't matter. Last time on the podcast, we were talking about Ukraine and Russia, and uh, and after we got done with that podcast, I told you my favorite Russian leader. Not that he was a good guy, but the one that was pickled all the time. He was pickled, Boris. Mr. Yeltsin. I think that spot on his head, if he were around today. No, no, that, that was, was Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Oh, that was Gorbachev. Yeah, this is Yeltsin was the guy with the big gray hair oh, well, that went over the top. He's a, kind of a big <laughs> man. Yeah, that's right. But tanked. It, yeah. Well, I think that uh, Gorbachev, that big spot on his head would have its own YouTube channel and Twitter. I think Twitter it was channel. Africa that he had up on the top of his head or something. It's weird. Or Australia <laughs> or something. Hey, let me talk about uh, Yeltsin and his vodka. Yeah, yeah, so in last podcast, I talked about uh, that I had been to Russia. And one of the things that I learned while I was all right, so here's the deal. So me and my buddy, Zach, were going for the Moscow Peace Marathon. I didn't run it. He did. But we we went over there with this group of Athletes United for Peace and a bunch of great people. Guy Benjamin, who used to be the backup quarterback to Joe Montana before Steve Young, he was heading up the, tr- the trip. Great guy. Um, anyway, so one of the things, so we get off the airplane. We, we, we Let me back up. So we flew into... Ireland, Shannon, Ireland, and we flew from Shannon, Ireland into Moscow on an Aeroflot airplane. First of all, they are were back in 85, they were a little crude on the inside. I mean, they weren't like flying on a Boeing, you know, and they, people had chickens next to them and stuff. I mean, it was really a, a bizarre deal, but, and they did not know what noise abatement was. And when the plane went to take off, it's like just slammed into the back of the seat and it's, and you're up and you're gone. And so anyway, we land in Russia. And the airport, Moscow airport, is huge. Um, but we get off the plane, and there's just nobody there. I mean, nothing. And we walk down the ramp, and we go out, and, and I'm standing on Russian soil. And I said to Zach, I said, man, can you believe this stuff? He said, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I mean, I'm 25 years old at the time. So, and he's 26. So 25 and 26-year-olds now set free in Russia is kind of crazy. 
And anyway, we walk inside the airport. We walk down this hallway and we turn and we're in this big area that kind of looks like it's heading toward where the luggage is and all that stuff. There's this huge baggage sign. claim. Baggage claim. Thank you. I couldn't think of that. Thanks. Mm. You're welcome. My assistant Andy Woods here. Yeah, like right. to introduce him to you. He finishes all my sentences. Yeah, way, way to drop something in the podcast that's worth a damn, Andy. Good job. After all these key contributor, Andy Woods. Um, excuse me. Uh, do you need a cough drop, Andy? Um, so anyway, there's this huge sign, and it says, "Welcome to Moscow, Pepsi." I'm like, shit. Well, I just left America, and this is what I'm looking at. So here's my vodka story. So I'm there and I'm talking and everywhere you go, it's Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi all over the place. And I remembered that Pepsi had cut a deal with the Russians. So the problem, just like today, a ruble was worth nothing on the world market. So when we would have to buy something, if we wanted to buy a, like uh, Zach, I remember he wanted to buy a beer. So he was, I wanted a Carlsberg. You had to pay with hard currency. You had to pay with American dollars or German or whatever it is, whatever the mark or whatever it's, but it can't be a ruble because it was worth nothing. They couldn't exchange it. So because it was worth nothing on the world market, Pepsi went over there and they cut a deal. And the deal was, is that they would get Pepsi and Pepsi would import Stolichnia vodka. And the joke of the whole thing was, is the Russians felt like that was the biggest coup ever because Russian vodka was garbage. Yeah. And, you know, Stoli is they, garbage. I, well, Stoli vodka. I, mean, I didn't yeah. say it right. I said Russian vodka. Stoli vodka was garbage and they knew it. And they thought they had put us completely in the bag because they knew what real good vodka is. Cause that's the kind of the drink of choice for them over there. Well, here's the funny part. We gave them all diabetes. So they gave us gross <laughs> to the liver and we gave them diabetes. I think it was a pretty fair exchange. Great. You know, they got no teeth. They got nothing. I mean, everything sugar, sugar, sugar. Let's do it. And here's the thing. The Pepsi over there tasted different than here. I mean, it was syrupy. It was thick. Um, crazy thing is you'd walk down the street and they had these machines and they actually had a real glass in the machine. They had a little door. You'd lift up the glass out of the thing and you'd put it on this washer and you'd wash the glass and then nope. you'd put it in the thing. No, no. I'm 25 years old. I'm going to do anything. And yeah. so we're throwing a Copec in the thing and you can select apple juice or water, or whatever. Of course, we're acting like idiots. We're popping it like we're drunks, you know, out there in the street. But they had real glass. This stuff would last three minutes anywhere. Somebody throw it at somebody here. But it was a <laughs> totally different culture. But that is where the Russians really spanked us as they sent the bad vodka. I tell you what, if Andy and I go to Russia, I'm going to get one of those glasses and throw it at him. I think Russia is pretty much him. off the travel agenda at this point. Oh, we can find well, a poor way. Poor Joe Behar can't go to Italy now. She determined Don't even she, hadn't been, she hadn't been in four years. You, and because of this about, war. You heard about Sean Penn in the Ukraine, right? Where he had to walk like six miles to get to Poland to get out of Ukraine. Yeah. And then he posted Forgive a picture of it. It's like, it. it's like, dude, out, go. Anyway, so we'll there's, your, there's your Russian vodka story. Probably more information than you ever needed. You need more Russia stories. I've got them. I like vodka stories. We gave you the diabetes. That's right. Isn't that beautiful? Remember right. when T Pain? Uh, he he. I'm on a boat. No, no, he, that's my he, favorite. He did the diabetes song. He auto tuned President Obama. If you haven't seen this, I have seen. Look it. it up on YouTube. It's yeah, right. I'll do it. Well, we do have some other things that I wanted to get into. Uh, like first of all, someone like that uh, my buddy John that works out with me was upset that uh, Greg decided to. You know, just not do a podcast for a couple of weeks, and he was upset. But he yeah, was at home with my feet up, hacking <laughs> up a lung. I thought you were just chilling. Look, 
I, I, I sent John a message and said he's probably sitting in his drawers on his tractor moving dirt around his no, yard. He was, <laughs> he was in the bathroom for the majority of it. Yeah, anyway. You're right, six days straight. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But we're, we're glad to have you back, Greg. I'm but glad to be back. He uh, asked me about selling a car on eBay and buying a car on eBay. Is that a good idea? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, that's an interesting way to present the question. It depends on whether <laughs> you sell it or not. He's critiquing your question. That's fine. But depends. no, I mean, he, he's, no, he's, he's, he has, I can answer it. I'm he has a classic car that his dad left him and he's restored it and he's thought about putting it on eBay to sell it. Is that a viable way to go? Absolutely. So eBay is like any other auction. Um, years ago, when it first came into being, <clears throat> it was a pretty good way to sell a car. You know, an auction is anytime two people have an interest in something and are willing to pay for it. The hard part about... Thank you, Mr. Webster. Sorry. Are, are you still here? <laughs> the, the, uh, do I know you? <laughs> Andy who? Anyhow. Oh, Lord. That, that, oh, my God. You're just horrible. Anyhow, Sorry. so when you... When you when the, the challenge, whether it's eBay or even what I do. So I go online. I use ACV auctions mostly. Uh, which is a dealer website you go to and you're bidding on cars from other dealerships uh, directly. They come out and take pictures and do all the stuff, post them online, and then you bid on them or sell your car. So all my wholesales run through that auction. Excuse me. In that, eBay is not a whole lot different. But my frustration, so let's take ACV auction, then I'll move it over to eBay. When you put a car on ACV auction and you put a reserve on that car, you are less likely to get all the money for the car. And the reason is, is because me as a buyer, if the reserve isn't met, I'm thinking the seller has put a number on it that he wants. Instantly, we're all thinking it's, well, it's worth a little bit less. You just think that way. But when you run a car, no reserve, you're bidding against other people that want the car. And it really truly is the value of the car. And so they're going, well, I'm not competing against the guy that's selling it. I'm competing against the guy that wants to buy it. And if he thinks it's worth 10 grand, I think it's worth 10 one. I hit the number, blah, blah, blah. eBay is different because, you know, I'm, I deal with a 20 minute auction and it may go longer than 20 minutes because the way it works is once it gets down to a minute, if somebody bids on it, it starts back over to a minute. And then if somebody bids, it starts back over to a minute. It could go 45 minutes, but normally it's a 20 minute affair, roughly. <coughs> Excuse me. COVID cough. Is that what that is? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You want a cough drop? Is it productive? I'm going to put a little, um, I want a cough drop. I'm I'll glad you it. said COVID cough drop. I thought you asked him, do yeah. you want the COVID? I was like, no, no nah, one wants the COVID. Nobody wants the COVID. I, I've got a pocket full of cough drops. It's pretty exciting. That should be a song, a pocket full of cough drops. The cough in case you got the your COVID. Heart. Thank you. We're going without, let me write that down. A pocket <laughs> full of cough drops. That would make now, a great band name. So too. let's go back to pocket full of cough drops. So let's go back to the eBay situation. Right. So eBay auctions are normally five to seven days. You can go 10 if you want to. So one thing I learned about those auctions are, is if you're going to put a vehicle on there, and I sold a lot of boats on there too. If you're going to put a vehicle on there, the smartest thing you could do is just no reserve it. If you've got the guts, because if you let it go for seven days, you're going to get a lot of people to look at that. Whatever that item is, if it's a reasonably hot item, a collector car, whatever, you're right. going to get a lot of eyeballs on that vehicle. And if you have the guts to let it go, the real value in five to seven days will pop up on what that car is. And I can prove it because what happens is if you started at $1, which I've started a bajillion things, I'll, I'll give you an example. I bought a, 
I bought a KZ 900, 1976 KZ 900 off of eBay. This was a year ago. And I don't know why I bought it. I just went online. I saw it. It was beautiful. I always wanted one. Um, I bought the thing. Uh, I paid nine grand for it. I went, oh, 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 I paid too much, right? I bought it. I went and picked it up, brought it back. It's absolutely a beautiful bike. Um, I rode it all of seven miles. I had it in the in the building that we're in currently. And I said, what am I doing with this? I, I mean, I don't even need it. I just always, that was just my era. I was 16 years old when that motorcycle came out. It was the fastest one on the planet. It was amazing. It was beautiful. This one was a green one. I loved it. But I, I rode it and I went, oh, that's kind of boring. I mean, <laughs> it looked good. It's kind of like an old Corvette. You know, you drive a 61 Corvette and they look great on the outside, but they don't drive so good. So uh, anyway, so I popped it back on the same exact bike. I didn't even wash the motorcycle, but I took way better pictures than the guy that put it on before. Way better pictures. So I had a little bit more effort. I probably had all oh, 20 minutes into it. I posted online with a great description where I got it how it got here, blah, 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 what was original, what wasn't on the bike. And I started it at a dollar. And I said, I know this, it's going to bring at least nine grand because I paid it. And the guy that bid against me was at 8,900 and something bucks. So somebody's going to buy the bike. And the bike brought $12,426, I believe. And it went wow. to Japan. <clears throat> the guy that called me was Japanese. Uh, he was kind of a broker. He would find stuff here in the United States, but the bike went to Japan. The reason it went to Japan is because I believe at the time, the CC limitation in 76 was maybe a 650. They they weren't selling 900s or 1000s or anything over there at the time. So anyway, the bike went. My point is this. I had the bike maybe a month and a half, two months. I did it differently on eBay. Same exact product, not even a wash on the bike. And, and I, I profited that much from that transaction because I did it correctly. So to answer your question, it's really how you do it. You know, you're looking for people that want what you have. If you present it properly, it's like selling a car online. It's like selling a car at our dealership. If it's done correctly, it'll probably work. There are some dealers around town, uh, the country. One is in Texas. And I really don't know how many cars they sell now, but I know at one point they were selling, I think, a couple thousand used cars a month off of eBay alone. As a matter of fact, they didn't even want customers to come in retail into the establishment at that right. time. So it can be in a very effective tool, especially when you have something that's unique. If you're going to go in there and sell Ford Taurus, eh, I'd recommend you do something else with the car. Well, the final thing that that I have for us today is, uh, and I've seen, seen signs about these, where it's called a VIN auction, where... You essentially put in your VIN number, tell them a little bit about your car, and then they're going to buy your car. What What's the deal with that? It's kind of like any other of these uh, systems out there that determine, you know, if you go to Carvana or CarMax or whatever these are, you put in your VIN number. And they'll ask you a couple of questions about the car. You tell miles and condition and all that stuff. And I, pres I haven't been to that site, but I presume you take some pictures and send them in and they post it. And... Um, you know, is it a place that's good to sell them? I don't know. I suppose it's no different than anything else. I think, um, you know, I, I think the fear I would have is that they're kind of new on the program here and I don't know who's behind them. So right. when, when you start getting the payoffs and titles and all that kind of stuff, I start getting a little nervous with my money. I don't just let anybody have my, my car and my, and you your know, money yeah. and your, and your money. Yeah. You, I just, cause it would go away before you got paid on it. If there was a payoff 
And so what, what I don't, not knowing enough about it, I would be reluctant on that particular case, but they're determining a value of a car by just same way as everybody else. So you're putting in the information and people go to town bidding on it from a bidding side. I don't know if you see enough. I don't know if you know enough. And the other part is, is that if you're John Q public and you're bidding on them, I mean, I do this every day for a living. I make mistakes as somebody who does it every day for a living. So if you, Rob, being somebody, you know what a car is, you know where the steering wheel is, you know where to put a key in it, but can you tell me what it's worth? No. And the next thing is, can you tell me what a P0064 code is that came up on the, on the, and they're probably not doing that either, if I had to guess, but if you stuck in the, the, what you call it, I don't know, my brain went dead there for a second, but the, you know. Diagnostic tool. Thank you. Wow, Rob. Well, but see, he brought something to the party that was reasonable. That's because he's a reasonable he, individual. He was helpful. You know, I stumble, <laughs> he picks me up. You just kick me. I just kick you. <laughs> it's the way it works. Yeah, I do have a question about you selling the motorcycle on eBay. Yeah. You made three grand or so on it. Yeah. How much was the postage? How much did it cost you to send it to Japan? That wasn't my problem. He picked it up. Okay. He, he had a trucker okay. coming. Yeah, no, I, it, I sold it, picked up here. Okay. Um, you know, when I have facilitated them with uh, somebody to pick it up. Yeah. But there's transporters all over the place, but yeah, okay. no, a transporter came and got the bike, took it to California and it went from California to Japan. Yeah. Um, I was very surprised the bike came, the trucker came to pick it up and he had several motorcycles on the bike, but it was on the trailer, but it was an open trailer. I said, you're going to go across the country in the snow and all that stuff. He said, yeah, I put a tarp over it. I'm like, wow, that's sad. Cause that, Although the guy talked to me when it got there and it was the way it was represented. He was very happy and, and they cleaned it up and it was fine, but I wouldn't want to go through snow. And if it happened, it just, you know, with my bike, I think well, Rob's telling me we're out of time. Well, I, you know, people got to take care of their That's stuff. what that was across the room. It's no, I was like actually a, stretching <laughs> just one side. Hey, I got one thing to say. Michael's 36 years old and a mid-level man. Next time you see Rob, he's going to be, he's going to be bald. bald. So if you're, yeah. if you're watching this and the next episode is already loaded up, make sure you go there and please like, and subscribe and share the show. Please do. Cause we have fun doing it. Greg, it is so good to have you back and, and that you got through COVID and you're looking relatively healthy relatively <laughs> yeah. I, I walked in here today and i genuinely i said to you guys both i said you know what i really did miss doing this i enjoy it so much i don't know why i mean i guess i like to hear that. myself talk you didn't i didn't say, say that, that. No. okay no. never yeah, mind because yeah, we enjoy it just as much thank you thank you it's what's oh, good I, oh, I gotta get one little shout out right a little shout out because i know i got some followers here man sarah came through with the morgan wallet tickets you are the man, Andy. You handled my daughter was so happy. Well, I have to back up. You, your daughter, Audra, and her friend, Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. And uh, I called her Audra all day. She didn't even. Yeah, she's probably used to it. Yeah. Or she was drunk. No. I was only kidding. Yeah. That's my daughter. Sorry. She is <laughs> not she, a drunk. But she really wanted to go to the Morgan Wallen show last Thursday. Right. And, you know, the tickets were stupid expensive and they were sold out. And, and Sarah Headley from Big Loud Records called me two days before the show. And she said, I got you tickets for, for Greg Hood's for Greg Hood's daughter. And I said, where are they at? She said, they're in the pit. And I said, they're going to be thrilled. And they were. Well, here's the sad part for my oldest daughter. Because I my yeah, intention my intention was to get them for both of them. Yeah. And they were talking early. When we first started talking about it, they were talking about going together. Well, you know, Catherine's married, her and Matt. And, you know, they do their own thing in their life. So I think I think they bought tickets in Greenville. So I sent Audrey and Catherine a text and said, Hey, Andy landed you some tickets, um, to Morgan Wallen and, uh, Catherine, it responded. Thanks dad. 
I already bought tickets. So then she texted back to Audrey and said, what night is your show? And she said, Thursday. And she goes, well, I have to work Friday. So I'll just go to the one in Greenville. I didn't have the heart to say, Hey, by the way, the tickets are right in the front next to the stage. Right <laughs> they, the I, didn't, stage. I left that alone. And I said, you can drop that bomb on your sister to Audrey when, when, uh, when that happened. But anyway, thank you so much. They had a absolutely fantastic and time. It, and it was really awesome to meet her. And, you, and you got to meet her. Yeah. And, and she tapped you on the shoulder and you turn around and <laughs> you're going to say something off color, of course. And she said, I'm Greg Hood's daughter. <laughs> said, nice to meet you. Anyway, Greg Hood of Mazda of Columbia. You guys are going to be in the new building soon. We yep. drive by. You got, they already have glass in the windows. Mazda of Columbia. Address real quick. Mazda of Columbia.com. There it is. That's Mazda of Columbia.com. What's good under the hood? Greg Hood. Rob Sanders and me, Andy Woods. Thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel.